I am not like a television professional, but I worked for a very short amount of time in local uh, cable TV right out of college in the late 90s. And I can tell you that whenever we went on a location shoot, people who were interviewed wore lavalier or lapel microphones. And she was filming with a tiny little camcorder. Anyang SAO, welcome to Afternoon of Delight, where Leah, Megan, and Amy, romance novelists and your K Romance guides. So grab some deck bokey and listen to your new favorite unease. Hey, everybody. Hello. Mips. <laughs> <laughs> Look, right now, my, right now my mips are 3.0. <laughs> they are just hanging out. <laughs> Actually, no, no. My mips just went sky. <laughs> I went from a 3 to a 190. Oh, my God. Leah, I'm at 660. <laughs> I've never been that high. I wasn't even that high when I tried to get BTS tickets and I went to a special like internet place downtown. In case you're all wondering what we're talking about, it's yeah. we're talking about the speed of our internet, which is MBPS megabytes per second, which Leah likes to pronounce as MIPS. <laughs> so my internet was going really slow and I was like, I need to see what my MIPS are. <laughs> it was, it was like really the funny. way she's... <laughs> it was just so serious. Like... <laughs> I'm going to check my MIPS. Hold on. Let me check my MIPS. (laughs) (laughs) It's way funnier for us, I'm sure, than it is for anybody listening, but I don't care. I just don't know why it's so funny to either of you. I'm going to be lying in bed tonight, and I'll just go, MIPS. And And you're going to tell Neil, and he's not going to think it's funny. He's not going to find the humor in this. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he's just glad he's not my IT guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, Mips. <laughs> and that was after she <laughs> That was after she called the movie that we <laughs> that we're covering on the pod today Dreamer and we're like Leah it was called Dream. <laughs> Why is that funny? It's so close. <laughs> I'm just glad that I could amuse you tonight. And then you thought it was funny I was eating sausage. No, you no, no. <laughs> Eat sausage all you want. Yeah. But listeners, please tell us what you think about a sausage Caesar salad. <laughs> and she's like shoveling it in. Like it's the most delicious thing she's ever had. And it's a Caesar salad with sausage in it. Like <laughs> I just don't know why. I feel like you should come with a laugh track because this is just <laughs> my normal life and apparently it's amusing. You you are amusing. <laughs> what did you eat for dinner tonight? I had a very boring turkey sandwich because I had to eat it in my car uh, um, waiting for my son's soccer camp to be let out. So, yeah. I had I had protein fusilli made out, <laughs> that's made out of beans. <laughs> Boring. What did you put as a topping? Um, marinara sauce and some shredded mozzarella. Boy, yeah, <laughs> not a sausage. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> no. It, I don't... Was, it was no. It was no Italian sausage and Caesar salad. That's <laughs> no, <laughs> it was not. Oh god, well, Amy and I, I are really living in the fast lane. <laughs> I have to say, I felt pr- I felt proud of myself because I cooked for my child. I mean, that is. 
commendable. It was a big win for me because yeah. my husband and the girls are still gone. And I mm. often will just tell my child to, well, we've been at my parents' house, so he's been getting three square meals a day. <laughs> but when it's just us, I tend to just like put things in the fridge and be like, figure out what looks good. I mean, like, I'm not starving him, but I'll be like, there's apple. There's My cheese. kids do the same thing most of the time. It's, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, figure, out, figure it out. It is the way yeah. for teenagers. Well, I mean, then you're just teaching them how to like, like, do it for himself. I think that that's a great life skill, Leah. Yeah. And when the zombie apocalypse comes, I want him to be able to trash panda his way to, you know, safety. But when it's just us, yeah, I don't often cook dinner. And so tonight I was like, look, I'm going to be a good mom. I'm going to make sausage in the air fryer. And then I was laughing because recently I went out to dinner with a friend and she was complaining about her husband. <laughs> and she was like... <laughs> Sorry, because it's pretty funny. <laughs> I was sitting there and she was like, when he cooks, he thinks he can just turn on the air fryer and open up like a bag of salad and call it dinner. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. I, what else did you call it? <laughs> I feel very judged right now. That <laughs> is so dinner. Used to be like talking about like another relative being like you know they just cook and they just think they can like heat up some trader joe's and call it dinner i'm like what do you think happens in my house because i can tell you look i have gone i tend to swing in pendulums and so i have swung in the pendulums where i'm like let me make my own pasta i made my own i was just gonna say like i'm not like rolling pasta through the machine yeah, I've been in those positions. I've done, I made my own laundry soap when the babies were born. Like, I was laughing, actually, because I watched a video when I was home in Michigan, and it was me in the hospital having just had my oldest child, my son. And the amount of preciousness I had with that child, like, I'm like, okay, you can hand it to me. Oh, let me move the pillow over here so I can just get the perfect hold for the baby. And, like, just the way I was acting, I was like, oh. God, by the time I had Poppy the third, that's when I was watching Heart of Dixie, Amy, with you. And mm -hmm. I was just like, just give me the baby. I'm going to shove it on the kitty. And I'm going to watch Heart of Dixie <laughs> on the CW. And nobody bother me. <laughs> it was like a complete 180. From like, oh, can, who's going to hand me the baby? Oh, i got to get the pillows. I'll just, I was like, oh, my God, who is this princess <laughs> in the hospital bed? I, I do remember needing, I needed, like, help like getting my son positioned like mm -hmm. breastfeeding was like a big it was a big production every time mm -hmm. that i had to get the pillow just right blah, blah blah and then by the time i had hazel i was like talking to you guys on like yeah. on my computer like with one hand telling you about like oh i read your book today it was so good and i'm breastfeeding hazel at the same with time. a baby on the boob yeah. yeah it was no longer precious like i don't give a shit <laughs> But you're, uh, Leah, you're doing great. An air fryer dinner with a salad is perfectly acceptable. Look, I didn't feel, I mean, when she told me, I felt judged, but I also didn't care. I but was you're also like, like, well, my kids are fed. Well, fed is I mean, best. <laughs> food, food is good. Look, it's going to come around again the next day, and the next day I'm going to get a lot more chances. It's the most boring thing in the world is like, oh, then there's lunch and then there's fucking dinner. Like there's just food just keeps needing to come. Yeah. Nobody's ever like, I ate. This is like, this is the woman's work. And I mean, like, not that like we need it to be, but I just want to acknowledge that women's work 
is very cyclical often like what is seen as quote unquote i'm using air quotes no one can see me because i've had to turn my camera off because my mips are low (laughs) (laughs) but a lot of our work is like the work that just gets the work of women often is very repetitive and that doesn't mean that like women can't do other things of course they can you can do whatever you want to do but i'm just saying traditionally it's like everyone just eats their fucking food and then they want their lunch and then they want their dinner and then they wear their laundry and then they get their laundry dirty and it's just always like the thing that happens and then a dude's like i built a fence and my fence just sits there and i look (laughs) at it and i feel like i did the thing and it's like okay and i told this to my husband once and he was like well actually i don't agree and i'm still pissed actually Well, I, so I had to go to my daughter's field hockey tournament that was in Virginia Beach this past weekend. Okay. And like, it was for three days and it, they were like busy days. You're at a, anyone's, anyone who's been to like an away sports tournament knows you're busy. You don't, uh, even when you have downtime, you need to use it to rest. And so I was, I ate terribly the whole time I was there, like like fast food pizza it was to the point where i was like i can't eat another like drop of grease to like i can't like i felt bloated i felt so gross and so i was like telling my husband like i was like it felt really good to get home and like i was like i do not want to eat out i just want to like eat my hummus and vegetables and i'm not even like a healthy person but it's like you eat like shit for like five days it's gonna catch up to you and he was like and 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 he was like, well, see, I just I just wouldn't eat, and I was like, he just wouldn't eat ex- food at all. Yeah, he's like, I like just, on the trip, he would yeah. just oh yeah, fast. He was like, well, see, that's that's where I benefit because I can fast. And I was like, oh Neil, <laughs> seriously. And I was like, okay, go- I mean, good freaking for you, but I cannot, Neil. My blood sugar drops, and then I'm gonna like, <laughs> I was like, then I'm. <laughs> I'm sorry that I I need my crackers. I I like to feel my digestive fluid sloshing in my empty guts. And he goes, well, you wouldn't survive very long in the zombie apocalypse. And I go, I never claimed I would. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I was like, I never would be wandering around. Does anybody have a snack? (laughs) Where's Wendy's? Where's my better crackers it's so funny he was just like he was like well i can fast and i was like good freaking for you god well, shut up the zombie apocalypse doesn't want fasters either you need to be well fed yeah exactly <laughs> so i'm i'll be the trash panda in the dumpsters yeah. but i'll be fed <laughs> yeah you're like people will be like is that a zombie like just like in the dumpster and be like <laughs> nope like, just megan getting a snack it's like me with a half-eaten ch- chicken nugget <laughs> <laughs> my, my mom my mom this is this says a lot actually my mom once i was just driving with her just dead silence and she was like you know what if it ever really hit the fan i would just go to mcdonald's and get a bunch of ketchup packets and add water to it and then i'd have tomato soup and i'd be okay hey. no no context <laughs> <laughs> this is a lot and i was like huh? but we're presupposing many factors to make a McDonald's. <laughs> like, you're gonna go get your McDonald's ketchup packet. So the shit hit the shit hits the fan, but McDonald's is still open, and I we still have clean water. 
I think yeah. what she was trying to get to was maybe we hadn't had like a societal collapse, but maybe just like a personal financial ruin. I mean, and she was like, valid. okay, kids, I've gone to forge you some delicious ketchup for our tomato soup tonight. And we would be like, yes, mother, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and Megan would be like, don't worry, Hazel, I got you half a nug. I, I ate the other half, though. Because <laughs> she, she, she had to keep her blood sugar balanced. Like, Hazel has to rip it from Megan's teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I chew it first and then give her the little <laughs> so baby bird it to her. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just get the flavor. <laughs> This has gone off the <laughs> fucking How rails. Did we go from MIPS to this. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, oh god. Okay. You okay. Know, I think what happened is I drank a Paloma. I drank two Palomas. What's a Paloma? It's um, well, I got a can of it, but it is um tequila and grapefruit juice. But I was drinking Jose. Cuervo. That's what you were like chugging down, <laughs> Leah. Yeah, I'm ready to go. Gulping it. <laughs> We could hear it through the microphone. <laughs> Look. And people are going to be like, oh, do you have a drinking problem? I don't. <laughs> she goes, I don't. She's like, I have zero problem drinking really fast. <laughs> I can just drink really fast and eat my sausage really fast. <laughs> you and did. I remember one time, yeah, and this is, here's another Nick story and then we'll get going. We were in South America and you can get like um, carne libra, like go to like an Argentinian restaurant and they'll just give you all the meat you can eat for free. And I remember, like, I really liked it. And I remember picking up a sausage, and at one point I'm like, this is the best thing I ever put in my mouth. And he's like, I'm really not attracted to you when you talk like that. <laughs> Wait, they give you all the meat for free? No, no, no. Like, you pay a set fee. <laughs> you just... <laughs> you pay a set fee, and then they just give you all the meat you could ever want. So it's oh, like Okay. No, like, no, I mean, no. They don't get up. They just come to you with, like, these big trays, and they just cut meat at you and toss it on your plate. They have so restaurants like like Fogo de, Chao, Fogo de Chao they have here. I don't know if they have that by you. I've never been. I have a friend, one of my good friends, Mindy. I'll give a shout-out to Mindy um, because this is her favorite type of restaurant to go to because they, like just the keep com- they just keep coming around and carving meat onto your, yeah. onto your plate. How yeah. did I not know this exists? Are you kidding me? So I have a It's a Brazilian of, steakhouse. I have a picture of myself in this restaurant holding a sausage pretending to be skull fucked with it. Well, you clearly was... need to share that on our Instagram when this episode comes I, out. Or not. I would learn <laughs> of it. I would now we're love gonna it. In stories. You're, you're, bringing, you're bringing down the intellectual timber of this podcast. We're talking about Trust me, trust me, if you came for my intellectualism, it's just best we leave. Go, <sighs> go now. It's not Quickly. the day for it. I mean, it's July. It's hot. It's like record temperatures. Like It's also just my average conversation. True. <laughs> it's also just us. It's us. Um, but I have a dream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What is that dream, Leah? I have a dream that sometime we're going to pick a fucking movie to watch that I'm not going to, like, wish I didn't watch. Right. Well, okay, well, wait, wait. The last, movie, the last movie that we did was The Handmaiden. And you loved okay, it. Okay, I picked it. 
Right, you yeah. picked it. Well, true. So I'm gonna wait to have a movie. But back. I feel like I, I don't feel like this was anyone's pick. Like everybody was excited this was coming. I thought. Look, the reason this happened is because of me. Because yeah, anyway. I didn't watch See You in My Nineteenth Life. This is right, right. That's what we were <laughs> supposed to be fault. recording tonight. This yeah, is it is my fault. So look, it's fine. And it's I fine. didn't. I did not hate this movie. Let's be clear. Yeah, and it was only two hours of your life. It's not like we had you watch. Like, no, I was not upset, and this was not like. What, um, it wasn't like pirates. <sighs> like we'll never get over the pirates movie did we do a podcast on pirates I we had to was, have i think it was only for the patreon i don't think was we it like a real <gasps> podcast on pirates yeah if you want to hear our podcast on pirates you have to join our patreon but i am almost positive it was only for them and they were like pro i think they were Spoiler. like why zero out of zero yeah <laughs> i could not tell you one thing about that I think movie. I st- I like stopped halfway. They were oh. cannibalistic, or no? There were meat eating penguins. Right. The violent penguins are the only thing, and the bulls. Where Kong Han was like riding on the back of a bull. Like That's backwards. Like is he riding backwards? Like it. Like yes. Com- okay. Yes. Like a comedy weird slapstick <laughs> thing. There was a whirlpool at some point. There was a well, whirlpool. Wait a minute. Segway. Speaking of Kong Han Okay. He that has was a, a happy surprise. Yeah. Yes. He has a cameo in the movie that we are going to talk about today. And this makes me think the other movie I really enjoyed that we did was Midnight Runners. We did love right. Midnight, which well, that's Park Sejun and Kong Han Nul. When he popped up on screen, I'm like, wait, did I not know this was a buddy soccer movie? Like, I had, I know, I'm like, I it's like, I'm like, wait, is this just a cameo? Like, yeah, I had to look I it up because I had to know. I didn't know because I didn't know he was going to be in it. Yeah, I did love, he had a great cameo. Like, it was, it was great. So, okay, are we ready to get into it then? Let's sure. Let's get into it. Let's do it. My mips uh, are, hang on, let me just give you some mip reading. <laughs> no, my mips are good right now. We're mip. at 190. A mip reading. Ugh, okay. So, Dream is a 2023 sports comedy drama starring Park Sojun and IU, which adapts the true story of South Korea's participation in the Homeless World Cup in 2010. Uh, it is on Netflix, by the way, in the US. So that is where we watched it. Uh, and yes, you heard that right. The Homeless World Cup is a real thing organized by the Homeless World Cup Foundation, a social organization which advocates the end of homelessness through the sport of association football. Also, as a side note, in the U.S., we have to be different and weird and call this sports soccer. But for the sake of the majority of the world and South Korea, we are going to refer to this sport as football for this podcast. Mm. Okay. <laughs> and I mean, we are might we? slip. We might slip, but I wasn't aware of this rule until just now. It, it Look, doesn't have I'm to be. I'm fine with it. I'm it's fine just with that it. in the movie they kept saying football, so I was yes, like, or at least that's course. what the subtitle said, and that is what they yeah. got there. Um. Okay. So. Go ahead and search YouTube for 2023 Homeless World Cup, and you can watch this year's Korea team beat Australia 9-2. to uh, It was played this year in Sacramento, California, just this month. Um, and every year, it's in, um, like, a different country. So the movie, uh, the 2010 World Cup, or Homeless World Cup, was played in Budapest. And that is, like, where they go in the movie. So, but 2010 was a different story. Uh, It was Korea's first year attending. 
and they placed last out of 43 teams and were the subject of a TV documentary which caught the attention of dream director E. Byung Hun. So the premise of Dream, Park So Joon stars as Yoon Hong Dae, a professional footballer whose career is derailed when he assaults a journalist with an eye poke. (laughs) (laughs) A two-fingered eye poke. A two-fingered eye poke. In an effort to fix his public image, he agrees to coach the country's homeless World Cup team. IU plays Somin, the director filming the documentary about the team. While the film is loosely based on the 2010 team, the characters and the events and basically like the plot are all fictional. Uh, you know, I would say more it, that was like the inspiration, I think, for for the movie. The movie introduces the team members and their circumstances that led to their homelessness from a businessman who served time for fraud to another who lent money to the wrong person. The film, which released in April of this year, was not really a commercial success in Korea, and it's not expected to recoup its budget. Uh, And the South China Morning Post interviewed the director who has some insight on the movie and its reception. The film isn't about Hongdae. It's about homeless people, he insists. We brought Hongdae in to make the film more more entertaining because homelessness isn't exactly the most entertaining subject, right? The battle I faced was not was in not making caricatures of the real players. There had to be some compromises here and there. All I can say is I don't think this was received that well commercially after being released in Korea in April. He went on to say that COVID caused issues as filming locations had to be moved and postponed, leading to a tight budget and tough schedule. With the actors filming the sports scenes in cold weather, so their white breath had to be edited out by CGI in post-production. The director goes on to say, it's not my job to be satisfied with each and every project that I do. If you don't know the context of the story, you may perceive it as too typical. Audiences aren't obligated to provide themselves with the context before they see it. But without that information, they might just think this is another homeless story. That's something I still think about, whether the way I'm telling or delivering the story could have been different. That does give me pause. Don't you think his comments are... Like, the tone and kind of what he's saying, I feel like he... there's. I know you're re- we're reading a lot through, like, translated, but I, I feel a sense of, like, maybe this project didn't end up like he wanted it to be, you know? Because he just seems like... <laughs> He sounds meh. Yeah. I mean, he said it's it's not my job to be satisfied with each and every project that I do, but I would hope that it that you would be proud of the film that you put out there. But it's it's hard to it is hard to tell how he feels about it. Yeah. So I guess you know, let's chat about the film. What is your overall reaction? Um. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, no, I was gonna say like I I feel like Leah and I had a similar reaction. I was just kind of meh. I thought it started strong and then mid to the end. <laughs> I think I, yeah, I mean, I, I like the beginning with, with Park Sejun and, and his game and stuff like that and his frustration over, you know, the reporter asking him questions about his mother and stuff like that. And it's setting up a backstory for him. But then they did make it kind of silly and slapstick with him poking the guy in the eye as like, I didn't mind the poke in the eye. I went downhill for me even after the poke in the eye. Mm. 
I felt, I, see, I'm, I'm sort of the opposite. I felt that the beginning was very frantic. It felt like frantic and rushed. We were like moving from scene to scene kind of quickly. And I was, I kind of felt like unsettled in like the narrative. And then once they started uh, really getting into the backstories of the characters on the team, once we started to uh, understand Park So Jun a little bit better, like we met his mother, um, that's when I really started to to enjoy the movie a lot. I, I actually, I would say in the end, like I felt very satisfied. Again, is this the best movie I've ever seen? <laughs> like, no. And I'm not, I'm not necessarily gonna like die on the Dream Hill. But I would say, for me, my overall reaction was like, okay, this is what I want from a sports movie. It's, yeah, I mean, like, there's nothing that I disliked. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it just didn't hit me. Totally get it. I think for me, it felt kind of heavy handed. And this is the issue that like, so I live in an area with a high amount of homelessness. Um, like we have a very big unhoused population in California. And so maybe it also hits differently, like depending on like where you live and where you come from. Because for me also, it's not that I feel as if <sighs> like, and this isn't to like toot some horn for me, but it's like, I don't feel like I needed to have a movie tell me not to dehumanize people right i know what you mean i feel like, like it was. That was like yeah. i felt like the, the movie was trying to be like look homeless people are real people and i was like well yeah thank you i right i and i totally agree i i do and i thought it was heavy-handed there were moments where i was like oh this felt like very in your face like the uh, there was that whole scene where they're like dropping sponsors or the sponsors are are dropping out for this team and one of the like team directors or something, I'm still not really sure like what his role was, but he went uh, to one of the sponsors and was the sponsors like, oh, I don't think this really reflects well on our image. And he's like, oh, well, can you just make an anonymous do donation? And the, the guy just looks right at him and is like, why would we do that? <laughs> and I was like, okay, like I get what they're trying to do. And, and yeah, I mean, I agree. Like I don't, of course, like, I know homeless are people, like, I know they have stories. And so I didn't need a movie to tell me that. But yet, the movie still sucked me into their stories. And so I still felt like emotionally involved in a lot of their stories. Does that make sense? So I was yeah, like, I I'm mean, like, well, this still sucked me in. <laughs> Learning about characters, there's nothing wrong with that. I, right. I think I think it was the the overall like we are, you know, trying to teach you something that you don't know right right um where you hope that some most decent humans would would know and right. look and maybe this is where some of it was hitting different like the very end to me like if we can skip you know i mean we're not really having a spoiler or non-spoiler no, no it's, a, it's movie. a movie so i think it was just like at the end of the movie especially when i don't know and this again like this i want to be clear that this is just me living in california in the u.s in the west but as they rolled the subtitles it was like and we need to start you like i can't remember exactly how it was phrased but it was something like we need to start calling these homeless people and not street people who calls them street street <laughs> who was calling them street people i didn't see that oh my god that's bad so in the <laughs> captions it was basically kind of like uh like an educational PSA, like just FYI world, like don't call these people street people, call them 
homeless people. And I'm like, well, I'm not even sure if that's like great, but it just, right. it, it, it just hit me weird to be like, well, thank you after school special. <laughs> and again, like, I understand that maybe this was like a revolutionary idea. I hope not. Yeah. I would like to think we don't have to dehumanize people for their living status. I mean, I understand some folks in the show had made very poor choices that ended up in their circumstances. Some didn't. Some were just like, you know, victims of tragedy. Right. I think also we're, we're, lo- we're losing a lot in the translation there. Like who knows what that was actually saying. And hopefully it, it wasn't as odd, I guess, as, as it seemed to us. Yeah. Yeah. It just felt very on the nose of like, well, it'd be like if it was like, just so everyone knows racism is bad or, you know, like it just (laughs) felt like a very obvious thing to say. Right. And so again, I do understand and I am putting in all my caveats and yet still like when it ended, I was like, huh? Okay. Thanks. Yeah. (laughs) I honestly did miss that. I did too. Um, yeah, I think, yeah. So thank you for pointing that out. You, you turned it off right as the movie ended. You didn't I watch did. the credits. <laughs> I did. I was like, okay, I mean, yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, I got stuff to do. Like, like I, again, I liked it, but it's not like I needed to sit on the couch and process what I saw. You know, you know what I mean? It wasn't like, like yeah. The Handmaiden. I finished watching that and I probably stared at like a blank screen for 10 minutes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I need to process, but like dream, I didn't need to process. You know what I mean? No, there's, there's not a lot of process. No. Yeah. It reminded me of, uh, the replacements that Keanu Reeves movie. I love that movie. (laughs) Me too. I love that movie. Um, but you know, I mean, it's an underdog team, right? Like, yeah, it's just, I do think it's interesting that E uh, or that the director said, you know, you, if you don't know the context of the story, you might perceive it as, as too typical. And I mean, I understand where he's coming from. Uh, and I would say for me, I was kind of like, oh, this is an underdog sports story. This is to me when I finished it, I was like, oh, it was like a typical like underdog sports movie, which. So now I'm like, oh, I'm, now I feel bad because that's not what he wanted us to come away with. But um, for me, that's that's what it was and it was i thought it was great and it was it was done fine but that's how i i did perceive it that way does that make sense yes um but i've then again i i like those types of movies so here's the thing is i feel like i would have liked it better i feel like it I feel like it should have been a drama and I feel like it could have almost become like a prison playbook. I feel like it could have been awesome. 100%. But it needed time to like breathe and let the characterizations come out. And I feel like then we could have had something very like, yeah, basically very prison playbooky, which is like folks on the margins, really getting their stories, really getting their arcs. And this just felt like we were trying to pack in too many characters in such a short time that I kind of ended up just like, you know, I was like very marginally invested. Yeah. Um, well, like, I guess speaking of that, which of the team characters like did stand out for you? So I did like getting to know everybody's backstories. Like, I, I will say that. And one of them that I really liked was uh, uh, the character of Jun Hyo Bong, played by Ko Chung Suk. 
And that was the father whose daughter was moving, I think it was, was it to Australia with her mom and new yeah, husband? Yeah, she, she called her stepdad like Mr. Australia or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So she was going to be moving with her mom and, and new husband, and he wanted to reconnect with her and show her that he is a good dad, you know, before she leaves for however long, like how, when are they going to see each other again? And that was like, that was a really emotional thing to me. Like I love when they went shopping and they, you know, it was like, like they got to have almost this little like makeover montage where he took, you know, his daughter shopping and she got to try in all these new outfits and she looked like she was having the best time. He looked like he was having the best time. And, you know, they got to make these good memories before she left. And even like when she was leaving and that, I mean, that was pretty emotional. And even though I did not shed any tears that did, get me in my feels a little bit yeah my favorite was uh kim in sun played by e hyunu uh he was like the young kid who uh just wanted to find uh like a girl he grew up in the orphanage with um who you know the movie alluded to the fact that she like passed away in an accident i didn't understand that me too. I'm They're like, like they did... went on a picnic and they never found her body. <laughs> yeah, and then and then they just show, and then they just show this like rushing stream. I was like, <laughs> the river, the, the rivers yeah. rose. Okay, the rivers rose. I yeah, I, I backed like... that up like twice to be like, did I miss something in the subtitles yeah, of no, what actually it was, happened? It's very weird. But he was just this like, oh, he was just kind of like this precious like he young guy, and I and I loved him and. You know, I think I like the idea that he, like, hid behind his hair. Like, his hair was always really long and over his eyes. And then, um, and he just really wanted to score. Okay, he just wanted to score a goal in, 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 the, in the World Cup. And Park Soo-Joon, like, puts a headband on him and, like, pushes his hair back so he can, like, see. You know, he, get, he basically gets <laughs> a hair-up makeover mid-game. <laughs> and It was sweet. Um, it was sweet and it felt like oh, okay like let people see you you should see like it just felt like i don't know i kind of like the symbolism i guess of that and then he went out in the field and you know that was kind of like th- that's the interesting thing about this movie too is like no one thought they would win anything like the, their goal really wasn't to win like in the end well i mean that's not also necessarily unique in underdog stories um, they just didn't give up and they scored one goal. That was like the biggest deal was they scored like one goal and it was, but anyway, he just, I just loved his story. It was like, he, um, yeah, like came into his own a little bit and, um, then kind of like let people see his face. And I like that. He was my favorite too. And he kind of reminded me of tech from, um, Reply Oh, for sure. Oh, yes. Yeah. And he, had so, a, he had a very yeah. pockbook gum quality to him. He did. He did. And I, I, yeah, I was enchanted by him. Um, I would have taken more. I'm not quite sure how his, I mean, his whole family committed suicide and looked like they tried to take him out too. Yeah, it was, was very. <laughs> raised in the, or I mean, pretty heavy, just kind of offhandedly very heavy. Like right. he was the only survivor of whatever mass family suicide occurred. He ends up in like the orphanage. They're beating him. And then he makes friends with this like lovely girl. Everything seems like it's going well. 
he saves money so she can get go to college and work in an office. He's got the bank book ready to go. Oh, she's in she's at a factory and goes out for like the factory picnic day right before going off to college that he's going to fund. And then the river freaking rises and he's been spending all of his time convinced she might still be alive and hanging photos of her in subway stations. And he keeps seeing her face on other people. And he's like, so, I mean, he, he could use some therapy for sure. Just a little Um, bit. Yeah. And at the end, I don't feel like there was like a very great resolution with that either. No, I think there was like a confidence thing, like a, you know, but I think someone, yeah, needed to be like, you got to stop looking for this girl. Um, he did. I, I just was looking on his uh, like wiki page because I'm curious what else he's done. He was in Money Heist Korea. He played Rio, um, which obviously is a pretty big role. So good for him. Um, he was born in 93. Hmm. So I thought, yeah, I thought he was really fantastic. I loved him. Um, and... I will admit, so I cried, I cried twice. I just want to put this in here when I cried. So I cried over, uh, Heobong, how do you say it? Heobong, uh, who you mentioned, Amy, when he had to say goodbye to his daughter, Mm -hmm. when she was driving away, I cried. I totally did. Because a father-daughter moment like that. Yes, that was emotional. And then the, the moment at the end where and it involves Kim Kim and son and look Park So Joon character also typical coach who doesn't want to do this doesn't want to be there doesn't really care about the players and then by the end he like loves them all I mean it was a very it, there was nothing necessarily unique about his character arc um but you know they're they're down to like the German team which is the best team and looks like professional soccer players and uh, they just want to score one goal and the goalie, you know, uh, gives the ball out to Korea and Park So Joon looks at In Sun and says, run. And then it's like slow-mo In Sun's running. And then Park So Joon takes off and runs. I loved that. I did love so, that. Yeah. So it's like slow-mo In Sun's running and Park So Joon is basically like, I'm going to run with you. And I was like, Ooh, like I admit, I I cried. I did because I was like, that to me is like sportsmanship, you know. Like you know, you're not gonna. They're not winning this game. No one can, like. But this is a winning. big. Th- like this play was the play, and it was like yeah. it belonged to all of them. And yeah, and that's you know they learned how to work as a team. They gained confidence in themselves. Blah blah blah. I mean, again, typical sports storyline. But it still moved me. And I, but yeah, when Park So June started running, I literally went, oh. And, and Neil was not watching the movie with me, but he was like on the couch. He's like, are you kidding me? He's like, you just bawled last night over See You in My 19th Life. Are you seriously going to cry again today? And I was like, just go away. <laughs> that was, that was super sweet. I agree with both yeah. of those moments. So I have a non sequitur question. Okay. And it's to Megan. Mm-hmm. Megan, mm. this has nothing to do with K drama and yet everything to do with what we're talking about, which yeah. is. I know what you're going to say. What am I going to say? You're going to say, why didn't you watch Ted Lasso yet? 
Correct. Okay, I do want to. The honestly, the only issue is like, why is it I, an issue? It's hard to find the time when I'm like watching K dramas for the podcast. So, so like, I, I will, do it for you, listeners. I will. I will. I mean, look, we don't we don't tout Western television too much on here, but Ted Lasso is definitely um, that gets to stand out among among all of the TV. We even um, did a podcast on the Ted Lasso effect. You did. We did. We did. But so here's here's the thing. Um, when I kept you know, getting on, on Leah to watch it. And, she, you know, she's like, maybe, 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 you know, Nick will like it with me. And it was, I think you were one episode in and you text me and you're like, this show has no right being as charming as it is. And I was Aww. like, see? I know. Okay. I know. It's not that I don't want to see it. I absolutely. I've cried in every season of Ted Lasso. Aww. The first season, the first season is the best. Okay. It is. Okay. But but all three are. are great. All three are great. And first season of Peaky Blinders was the best. There is sorry, I had to talk about Peaky Blinders again. It is. There is an amazing. The there's an amazing enemies to lovers bromance. Oh, I love that. That is my favorite bromance. I think probably of all bromances, it's up there with Goblin and Reaper. Um, I was gonna say, is it better than Goblin and Reaper? It's a little. It's different. I mean, I'm sorry. Like, my heart belongs to Jamie Tart. So, no, I, I honestly, I do want to, and Neil said the same, like Neil's watched it and he's like, why have you not watched Ted Lasso? And I know, cause obviously I love Neil Doctor has Chris. watched it. Yeah. Oh yeah. He loves Ted Lasso. Yeah. So why don't you spend some quality time with your husband? <laughs> I know. Right. We don't watch anything together. No, we watched the tour de France together. That was like our bonding time. But I, yeah, I'm with Leah on this. Like, if you I know. love soccer, like you say you love soccer. I do. Football. I football. Football is life. Literally just watched my son play an hour ago. I know. All right. Well, moving back on. Yeah. Uh, okay. So what makes an underdog story so popular? So I, I feel like we're always happy when we have somebody to root for. But I think that most of us... I know I do whenever I'm watching a story that really like gets me, you know, in my emotions, I kind of insert myself into the story. And I feel like the big thing about underdog stories is you really can like, it sounds cheesy, but it helps you believe in yourself because you're like, well, if the underdog can do it, then, then why can't I kind of thing. And I think that is one of the places where most viewers can relate to a character and yeah makes yeah, me maybe, believe in me and maybe we just we just love upsets like we love surprises too like i mean you went deeper for it but i'm saying on like a surface level like we just want something we want to show we want something unique and what's better than like an underdog like rising up and beating you know supposedly who you know who's supposed to win yeah. So then, the, yeah, I mean, and there's different types of underdog stories, right? So there's kind of like the David and Goliath that you're talking about, which is, you know, like the the un, the out of the box upset of like, you know, they come from behind and win everything. But I think I like the underdogs. You know, it's a movie I really like. I like Cool Runnings quite a lot. Oh, my God. Cool Runnings, <laughs> cool Runnings is a great movie. And yeah. so part of what I like with Cool Runnings is like the idea, just kind of like what you were saying, Amy, earlier of what is winning 
And when you get to define what winning is on your terms, like winning doesn't necessarily need to be coming in first place. It's what is it that is like, you know, that means that you've dug in and found some best part of yourself and advanced. And that's just kind of a universally, you know, you've put yourself in the stretch zone and you've done something special. And Cool Runnings really embodies that to me. <laughs> um, but it's just that idea of like, you don't need to go and win the gold. And that's also based on a true story. Yeah. And it was a Jamaican lovely... bobsled team. If you have not seen Cool Runnings from the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> um, and was this based on are these actually based on the real characters no 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 2012 no this was just a random right it was inspired by the actual games but then he made up his own story yeah he made his own story so is south korea not normally in the homeless world cup well 2010 was the first year they were in and I, i don't know if they've been in every year since but that was the first year and then um Obviously, they were just in this year because I didn't look back through all the years to see if they kind of kept coming, but they obviously were just in it. Okay. Um, So, yeah, I like that that you put that. It's a different form of Of winning, of winning, basically. Yeah, you're right. And that's what this movie was for sure. A different form of winning. Because I would say like each character, too, kind of had a little bit of like their own victories, like not like all of them because again it was, it was a kind of a movie. big it felt like a big bummer honestly for most of them and i know that wasn't yeah. the intent but by the end i was like Rrr. yeah like the <laughs> like the the older man he got to hold his like granddaughter once once no <laughs> but i'm just i'm just saying it was like and then the and then the rivers rose no but yeah <laughs> rose like, like do people get washed away a lot like <laughs> no people don't normally get washed away a lot it does happen yeah it happens everywhere where there's bodies of water yes but i was just i was i'm still confused as to the it exact... was a creek it was a creek i do i have a lot of questions on what happened with that well <laughs> i mean there was also the character who was like i told my daddy was ga- i was gay he fainted and never got up Yes. And then that was like it. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm. And that was another kind of like on the nose, like, well, we're going to like go for, I like, I applaud anything that's looking to like be progressive. Right. And be open-minded. But I was like, this, like, <laughs> it was so very many, odd. There's so many ways to do it. I know. I was like, uh, and then they're all like, okay. And I'm like, your father <laughs> just died of like a heart attack in front of you like what is happening it just like it was very odd it was very odd i forgot about that yeah like, yeah and then I they just moved on was, they like didn't... Well, all, yeah there's no and there's no ever like resolution with like the gay character he just no. was like i'm gay and everyone's kind of like huh and then like i guess we were meant to be like they accept him yeah but, but i like, was like but he still is like a dead dad and like <laughs> well, I mean I guess that's on his dad for dying over well true but <laughs> I know. it was just it was it was kind of just unexpected it was it was it was um yeah so thoughts on the romance or actually the lack thereof a, right there's no there's yeah. no there's zero romance unless you count the the football player uh with his his uh his girlfriend that wasn't really a romance. Though. I mean, no. So, look, I didn't 
need this to be a romance. Like, I get that that wasn't the story, but I think having IU and Park Sejun together and not taking advantage of it is a bit of a miss. So, like, yeah, this was not... Like, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, like, to put these two people who... I mean, they had chemistry on screen. Like, I think there could have been time for it, but... You know, that's not the story that the director was telling, and I respect that. Um, but I I am always going to say yes if a romance could fit into a story. Like, my answer will always be yes, put it in. I'm baffled that there was no... I can't... I didn't even question that there wouldn't be. I was like, obviously, there's going to be some sort of... It's an enemies to lovers. Like, I didn't think the whole drama was a romance. I just figured it would be, like, a B story. Right, right. And then it oh, ended, yeah. and I was like, did I power down during like a romantic <laughs> right. point like what happened yeah <laughs> did the rivers rise during <laughs> the, ri- the rivers rose in my subconscious <laughs> the yeah. rivers rose on your mips that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i Look, also my mips are hard i, I didn't that <laughs> <laughs> peaked mips um yeah i also didn't like need a romance but like yeah, I was like, it's Park Sojun and IU. Like, what are we doing? Right. And he's and he's like a football. Like, it would have been such a cool dynamic to put in a romance. You know? Yeah, like you said, like a cool enemies to lovers. And then she, I don't know. I mean, it was just like a perfect B story. It was never going to be the focus. No. I just thought it was a bizarre choice to story. have it. Right. No. Yeah. Well. I do want to say, speaking of IU, like, what was up with the documentary documentary setup? I believe she is in third grade. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look. Like, which one of you made the argument? Well, it was meant to be a 2010, but they I know, st- but I was like, I knew they... <laughs> I know. 2010 was only, they like, still have. years ago. Okay, so here's... But here's my, here's my whole thing. Okay, so I... <laughs> I am not like a television professional, but I worked for a very short amount of time in local uh, cable TV right out of college in the late 90s. And I can tell you that whenever we went on a location shoot, people who were interviewed wore lavalier or lapel microphones. (laughs) And she was filming with a tiny little camcorder. And then Megan's argument was, well, she had a cameraman. The cameraman also had his own little camcorder with its just own attached microphone that's like factory like right. I mic that right. comes with it. You cannot interview somebody with that. Yeah. And like and they... get and get good quality sound without getting all of the ambient sound around them, every bird, every Their audio yeah. would have been terrible for the terrible. Entire like if you were in my house with me podcasting right <laughs> with your dog barking and your cat meowing and and your, what what cracked the- me up is that this is a movie about making a movie it was I so know. you know you know that while they're filming these scenes somebody is actually holding a boom mic <laughs> like i yeah i don't i don't understand the lack of yeah it, camera actually, equipment it would have been, been a cool part of the movie to show how they made the documentary because that's the whole point it was about the movie was about the documentary being made of this team basically so like 
like maybe it would have been cool to get into the, like logistics of how they had to like record this team like it'd be funny if like a mic fell on someone you know what i mean like right there what there it was it would have been easy to put that into the movie i agree i i don't know what to say <laughs> I did. I did try to be like, well, it was in 2010. You're like, no, no. <laughs> I felt like the whole. I felt like that was part of the setup too. Was like, okay, we're gonna be making this documentary. I felt like that whole thread just went, like I felt like IU just kind of like faded out. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Oh, yeah, because sure. it was supposed to be like, you know, she's like, we're both working out our reputations here and I need this movie to work so that I can keep my job and blah, blah, blah. But then it was just like the documentary was just happening in the background. I mean, they got good ratings. We saw them like we <laughs> yes. saw them, like they had hey. the, they had the paper. They were happy with the ratings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which was like just a little tiny side scene, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, And actually, let's discuss image rehabilitation. Because that's why Park Sojun's character decided to uh, coach for the World Cup team. Because he was trying to rehabilitate his image after he... I poked, poked that after he poked, uh, <laughs> yeah. his, so, the reporter's eye out. His management team was basically like, look, you might be done with soccer. Like, soccer might be it. Like, we might be wrapping this up. What are we going to yeah. do to pivot? And what better way to pivot than do what we've just established everyone loves, which is get involved with some underdogs. Yeah. Which is, yeah, like essentially charity work. I mean, I think that's, that was the idea of it is, you know, throw him into charity. Um, and then once he got attention there, put him in other things, but. Uh, yeah, I guess when have we seen this being rolled out with other celebrities to what effect? So you mean like Western celebrities? Because I don't really. Sure. I was I don't really know much about Korean celebrities who have had to do like image rehabilitation. But the first person who came to my mind was Robert Downey Jr. Um, who we all know and love is Iron Man um, and lots of other things. Uh, but he had some some major image rehab like he had some you know major substance abuse in his 20s um and i think in early 30s as well and uh when he i know that he was arrested multiple times spent i think at least a year in prison i just listened to a podcast with him recently talking about all of this um and even after like being in prison and coming out and getting like a job outside of it i think one of his first like really good jobs outside of his incarceration was on the TV show Ally McBeal, if anybody remembers that. Um, and he ended up getting, yeah. he ended up getting fired from that because he was still, he was still using. Um, and eventually he did um, get himself into a program and uh, is in recovery. And I mean, you, you just look at all of the stuff that happened and all the stuff that was, you know, that he got so much notoriety for, which was not very glamorous stuff um, back in the 90s and stuff like that. And now he is one of the most sought after, you know, talents on any movie. And I love and adore him, of course, because I love all my Marvel stuff, but I think he's good in other stuff too. And I think that, that that's kind of like, to me, I think kind of a big underdog story because a lot of people who get into situations like he did don't come out of it on top. And he did. Yeah, I mean, 
I'm, we obviously have uh, Yu Ah In recently, you know, obviously a very famous South Korean actor um, who is obviously in some legal trouble right now. I am curious if he's going to be able to kind of rebound from that. Yeah, I feel like when we see this, and, and again, like I haven't seen it a ton in South Korea because I feel like we're still kind of, you know, new to the game as far as, you know, knowing what that whole entertainment industry is like. But I, I feel like when actors or idols do get in trouble publicly that they kind of hide away more. Yeah, they like disappear in a way. They, like, yeah, they disappear long, for long a while breaks. until until people aren't talking about it anymore. Whereas in in the West, in Hollywood, it's you know it's like any, any publicity is good publicity, you know, type of thing. If they're talking about you, then you're still relevant. And it doesn't seem it doesn't seem to I don't think um, destroy your chances at a career if you are in the public eye for something a little less than savory as long as it's not, you know, harming somebody else. Yeah. Even sometimes when you do harm somebody else, sadly, you still can wind up on top. But yeah. I think we're starting to get a little bit better than that over here. Yeah. Um, Kim Sun Ho comes to mind, too. That's exactly who I was thinking of, yeah. Mm, good point. Where he just kind of laid low, right, for a while. I mean, there are statements that are made and stuff like that, but then they just kind of lay low. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, like, I'm not, I'm not here to judge anybody's personal life because it's not my life. Um, but it's, it's a hard thing to live in the public eye. And I I'm, can't imagine. I'm glad I that really, I don't. Yeah. I really can't. <laughs> uh, okay, so... We have mixed reactions on Dream, I guess I would say. Anything else that you want to mention when it comes to the movie? So I mentioned something that Leah actually cleared up for me, so I wanted to point it out because I, I thought it was interesting. Like, we see Park Sejun's so so character, um, you know, playing professional football in the beginning on what is very clearly a regulation-sized field, soccer field. And then we have our homeless World Cup, and I did not do my research. Leah did. I was like, "Why does the field look so like smaller than the field that my son played on when he was playing like pee wee soccer?" And Leah, what did you enlighten me on? So I might have you repeat it, just because I feel like my internet went unstable again. Um, so why don't you just say it? Because I'm afraid I'm not even going to show up well. Just say it? Like what what they play on? <laughs> yeah, just like, why don't you answer your own question? Because I'm afraid that this whole track may be corrupted. That I'm. Oh, okay. Okay, so I'm going to answer my question for Leah, just in case she's not here. <laughs> no, <laughs> don't feel like that. That would be so crazy. <laughs> no, you're not crazy. We're, you're, you have unstable MIPS. Um <laughs> Leah is homesick with unstable MIPS today. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Oh, so God. Leah let me know that they they play on tennis courts, which I didn't know. 
Yeah, I mean it's small, and they it, it's it's four v four, so it's right. three so it's, field players and yes. a goalie. Um, and yeah, and that did surprise me in the because I was thinking, like they don't have that many people on the team. No, like, I was sort of confused, and then they show up, and I realize, oh my god, it's like a very small. Uh, a very small a, game, very yeah. small field. Yeah. Very small game. And it's, uh, there's no out of bounds. So there's, there's like, it's almost like. Because it's walled. Indoor. It's walled. Yeah, right. It's walled, which is nice. And honestly, I would love to go watch it. Like, oh, totally. I, I absolutely would. I think it would be really cool. And I'm excited that I know it exists now. So that's one thing Dream gave me. It's just the knowledge that something like this exists. And yeah, you can go on YouTube and, uh, like I said, the the twenty twenty three games played in Sacramento were just this month in July, so some of the videos were just up to, uploaded like ten days ago. So you can, as of the time of this recording, so you can go and yeah, watch some watch some games. And it is it's it's a fun sweet movie like it is. Oh, but I yeah. you know I think also like the context of watching it. Like, I literally just finished watching Sue in My 19th Life, which had me all in my feels. And right. this, this was is a, not. This is a weird direction to go from that. But I think, like, you could, if you have, like, kids that are, you know, okay with reading subtitles, you can watch this with your kids. I'm sure they would like it. It's funny. There is an um, F bomb in the subtitles. Oh well, there is at one point. There's an, just letting y'all know if you're if you're okay. inviting the kids no to good. watch. I didn't even notice. There's that. an f bomb in the subtitles, and um, so men and Hong Day do flip each other off. So you know. Oh, that's true. Okay, so like teenagers, which is fine. I mean, yeah, yeah I'd let my kids watch that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think uh, I I do think it was like an entertaining movie. I had I had a good time, and it's not like it was a movie that, yeah, like scared me. Or, like, scarred me, like, Requiem for a Dream, which I'm still not over. So. Right. It wasn't one of those movies where you're watching, you're like, oh, my gosh, is everybody going to be okay in the end? Like, right. like, you know the was... rivers rose. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Other than the rivers, it's okay. Everyone was okay. Right. If if somebody does know, though, what happened to this girl in the yeah, movie, just, like, yeah, let us know. Let us know, because we clearly... We clearly are all all the narration says is that she went on a team picnic from her job because he was like, why don't you stop, you know, quit your job now and and be done. She's like, no, I, I want to finish out the month or whatever. And and then she went to the last team picnic and then somehow it's behind police tape and there's a rushing river and people crying on the ground and her body was never found. And I don't know what that means. Like, why am I laughing? It's not funny. It's but not it's funny like- at all, but I don't know what it means. <laughs> I feel like that scene was like... I feel like big jerks if this is like a real story. I will. I feel like a huge jerk if this is a real story. But like, you know what? I'm like a few mips short of what happened in that scene. So. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, God. We should end this before Leah loses all her I think we leave it there. (laughs) Mips out. Uh, Anyang. 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 Kamsamnida. Thank you for listening to Afternoon of Delight. 
Where can you find us outside the pod? Head on over to afternoonadelight.com. That's A-F-T-E-R-N-O-O-N-A-D-E-L-I-G-H-T dot com. You'll find links to all our social media, our book recs, K-pop and K-skincare recs. And if you want even more Afternoon of Delight, because really who doesn't, you can join our Patreon where you can choose the patron level that's right for you. Join in daily K-drama conversations, listen to bonus podcast episodes just for patrons, and participate in our monthly live K-drama support group via Zoom. We can't wait for you to be a part of the community. Until next time, annyeong!